Hey everyone, welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. And as you know, we talk about all things wellness on this show. We've been talking about everything from physical wellness to emotional wellness, spiritual wellness. And today I'm really excited to bring on a guest who's going to talk about a topic that has been really dear to my heart and the work that I've been doing in my nonprofit as well. And that is digital wellness. Um, So I've got a good friend of mine here to talk about that today. Kim Cavallo is the founder and CEO of Lil Space, a company that elevates human connection in the digital age. Lil Space brings phone-free experiences to live events by activating wellness lounges, a time-tracking app, and the social impact incentive Unplug for a Cause. With 25 years' experience raising money for nonprofit organizations, event planning, and community building, Kim's work is now centered at the intersection of digital wellness, social action, and the music industry. In addition to building Little Space, Kim is a co-founder of Digital Wellness Collective, supporting professionals all over the world focused on using the power of tech for good. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for coming on the show, Kim. Oh, thank you so much. I always love talking to you and it'll be fun to record it. Yeah, I know. We've, you know, our, our paths and missions have uh, intersected and crossed a lot since, um, since we met, which I think was, I feel, I think a couple years ago now. Gosh. It feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. And time has gone by fast for sure. Yes. Um, and yeah, something that I talk about with my clients on a consistent basis is, um, their, their digital wellness, because people don't realize how much their tech can impact other areas of their, their quality of life and well-being. Um, so I'm really excited for you to kind of give some insight to listeners today into, first of all, how their, their tech usage might be impacting their life and their well-being, what to do about it, and kind of where to go from there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I'd love to just kick it off. Why don't you tell people what is Little Space and where did the idea come from? So Little Space, actually, the idea came from um, my own, you know, frustration and fear, actually, with how my own cell phone was kind of ruling my life. Um, it was way back in 2015, and. Um, I, you know, do a lot of yoga and take, uh, I, I ride at SoulCycle and, you know, those are the places where your phone can't follow you, which is a good thing. Um, but at the time, uh, I found myself in a uh, yoga studio in the bathroom um, going back and forth on a text chat with somebody instead of being inside the classroom. Um, and because yoga played such a huge role in my life for the past 25 years, and it was always something that kind of took me away. It was always, you know, very, uh, it was physical, but it was also very meditative and I was able to kind of lose myself in those rooms. Um, and the idea that I had been drawn out of the room into the bathroom and was, uh, you know, interacting with some small device in my hand was, was super, um, foreign to me at the time and disturbing. Um, And so I, you know, I'm a really solution oriented person. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, don't get crazy. What, what, how can I fix this? Um, And I remembered, you know, well, when I go out of town, um, auto reply 
for uh, email, you know, you're able to set that. So where is the auto reply for text or phone calls? You know, why can't there be some kind of bounce back message that just lets people know I'm not around for a couple of hours? Um, and, uh, it just, I don't know, it, for some reason I got really fixated on that and ended up developing a product, um, an Android only product, um, that was an auto reply. And that was really fun. And that helped me with my problem. And, and I noticed other people, um, you know, we were able to get a lot of people using that particular product. It was just a really simple, uh, you know, like test version of something. So we never really released it. But that was what kind of brought me into the space in the first place was just, you know, how can I fix my own problem? Um, and then soon I realized that uh, there was a lot of people talking about this. Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you and your listeners have heard of Tristan Harris. Um, and if you haven't, um, he was kind of the initial, they call him the, the whistleblower, um, you know, who came in and basically said, wait a minute, you know, we've got this power of persuasion. And, you know, there's a, you know, it's not an exact quote, but he's been, you know, has said, uh, you know, wherever in time, if we had a billion people being controlled by three or four companies, you know, like you're basically, you're basically, behavior is controlled from the minute you wake up until the minute you go to sleep by this tiny device in your hand. Um, and that's really, um, you know, obviously a profound uh, statement and, and disturbing to a lot of people. So this whole industry kind of evolved alongside my own interest. Um, and along the way, I got to meet wonderful people like you and other people that, as you said, uh, became part of the Digital Wellness Collective. Um, and I just wanted to see where I could uniquely add value because there were so many wonderful people creating nonprofit organizations, building communities, um, you know, building products. Um, and so for me, since I've been, a lot of my background is in fundraising for nonprofits and event planning, um, and helping to kind of, you know, build community around causes, I just thought the best way to make any kind of healthy change is to know that there's people doing it with you. Um, and so we came up with Unplug for a Cause and developed a, um, a product that is an app that is a simple meditation timer. Um, it just basically allows you to set the intention that this is going to be the time I'm going to set, you know, spend away from my phone. It tracks your time. It shows you how many people are also unplugged at the same time. Uh, it allows you to take that time that you've kind of accumulated, that you've not been on your phone, and use it to um, earn a reward. And I know, you know, we've done that with um, your company, um, and we've done it with nonprofit organizations, and we raise money. That's what Unplugged for causes. So you can, um, you know, let's say as a community, we say, well, we're all going to unplug and raise money for Be More, and every hour we unplug. Uh, is a dollar towards the organization. And so for different uh, organizations, we've raised, you know, up to $1,000 um, and helped, you know, nonprofits. It's just kind of a new way for nonprofits to engage their community, to be able to say, hey, if you take time away from your phone, we as an organization, um, you know, can some, get some important funds that we need to do the work that we're doing. Yeah, I feel like that was such an incredible way to bring unplugging to life because it's like, okay, a lot of us are starting to realize and become aware now that we do need to spend less time on our devices, but 
it can be hard to break those habits. And, and like you said, it can really help when you know that you're doing it with other people, you're not alone. And if you're doing it for something, you, you get something in return, whether it be the reward of knowing that you've contributed to a good cause, or if you get some sort of other reward that can really help incentivize you. And it's for me been really cool to see the back end of that on both sides. Um, like you said, we did a collaboration for my nonprofit organization, Be More. And at the end of that, it was so cool to not just see like, wow, people raised a few hundred dollars for our nonprofit, but to think about that equated to people unplugged from their phones for a few hundred hours collectively. Right. Like that is so powerful. And then, I, yeah, we did one too where if people unplugged um, under the mindful eating category, then they got a free copy of my e-guide. And I still love when I get notifications that somebody has downloaded using that code because I'm like, yes, good for you. Like you took time for yourself to unplug from your device and to get something really um, nourishing and empowering and that will educate you out of it as well. Like, right. So cool that you've created a platform for people like that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I feel like with us, it's such an alignment because you, with you and your clients and the people, you know, and, the, and all, all your messaging is around, like, take that first step, you know, don't look at it as, um, you know, this overwhelming change of life. Look at it like what's, you know, what can you do today? And just the idea that somebody took the time to set the intention to be healthier with their device and that led them to then grow and be healthier with eating or uh, mental health or whatever it is that we gave them as an incentive through your, your work. I just thought that was that I also get such a kick out of that because it, you know, it was, um, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Um, and if, if you're starting with, Hey, I'm just going to put down my phone and be more present. And then you get this wellness reward um, I think that's, you know, that was just kind of what we had in mind the whole time. So I'm, I'm so glad we had, had the opportunity to do that together. And, you know, I think the, the cool part about how this has evolved into now activating phone-free experiences at live events like music festivals and conferences yeah. is that I've really been very conscious of this idea of, you know, it's, it's good to take breaks, but what do you fill that time with? and how can you create in your own world, whether it's in your home or your office, these boundaries? You know, what is your, um, you know, relationship to your phone? Just the way that what is your relationship to food and what's your relationship to fitness? It's like, what is, you know, um, talk about in your own mind, you know, where are the places in your home that are uh, phone free or tech free? You know, is it your bedroom? Is it your dining room table? Um, and just being intentional about space. And so when we thought of bringing these phone-free experiences to, you know, music festivals and other live events, we thought about let's give people the feeling of what it feels like to dedicate a space to be phone-free and then have the conversation moving forward. How can you bring that into your own life? How can you translate into that into your world? Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about all that, too. Yeah, I mean, that's huge because you think about those spaces right now that are notorious for being Instagrammable, you know, uh -huh. music festivals in particular are a prime example of like people go there and a huge intention of theirs beyond just 
appreciating the music and being with their friends is because they want to let all their followers know they were there as well. And they want to find the best backdrops to take their cute pictures and boomerangs at. And so to create an intentional phone-free experience within that environment, like that is, that's really powerful. So tell us a little bit more about what that looks like. I know you just are on the heels of, of coming out of one of these festivals in Las Vegas. Yes. Yes. So, um, well, basically, you know, our intention was let's give people a place that they can take a break from curating every second of their experience at this music festival. And that is to say, I love using my phone. I love recording and capturing moments. I love taking pictures with my friends and, and, you know, being able to videotape something really interesting and unusual that I can share with other people. We're just looking to create, like I said, that space where you can take a break from that, that you don't, doesn't have to be all the time. And I've noticed um, just people have been sending me things because they know that this is something we're working on, that different artists, um, live performers, uh, music performers are now kind of starting out their concerts by saying, hey, you know what, can we just take a couple of songs where nobody's using their phone? Um, and you know, they're feeling it too. And I, I would imagine, you know, I'm not a performer, not even close, but if I was standing on a stage and thought, saw thousands of people in front of me and all I saw were the back of their devices, um, that would kind of bum me out, you know, cause you really want to see people's eyes. And, yeah. um, so hopefully this, this will, t you know, take off and we can, you know, do this at different festivals and, and be this presence where it's not, again, it's not all or nothing and nobody's taking your phone away from you. And, and there, there are times for that. I know that there's, you know, a, a company that has these neoprene bags that you can put your phone into. And when you go to a comedy show um, that, you know, you can put your phone in there. And that's, I mean, that has, that has a purpose, right? Because the comedian doesn't want you to be recording their material and it's a real reason to actually lock people's phones up. Um, but with Lil Space, we're really just wanting you to experience something different that maybe you can take into your, into your own world. And so, yeah, we just came off of Las Vegas. That, uh, we were at the Emerge Impactless Music Festival, and that was uh, at the Hard Rock Hotel. And it was really cool because they gave us this abandoned disco, which uh, was in the Hard Rock Hotel, and it had really interesting, cool decor. And we had to be creative about how we could create these different little areas where people could forget about their phones. Um, one of the highlights was partnering with Katie Dalebout, who um, has the podcast Let It Out. Um, and so she's, um, you know, been interviewing tons of people for, I think it's seven or eight years now. And so um, she went in and basically we uh, we partnered with a staging company in Las Vegas. They're called Design District. And these two wonderful women, Vanessa and Tatiana, came in and they um, uh, set up like a part of the disco and turned it into a really cozy little warm living room. And um, she had a, a crocheted sign of her podcast, let it out. And, and, and the musicians uh, such as Yoke Lore, who I don't know if you're familiar with and Andrew Bird, um, they sat on the other side of the couch and she just basically talked to them about their digital wellness habits and their creative process and being live on stage and emerge. And there were, places for people that who were attending the festival to come in and listen to this podcast being recorded. And it was just a nice opportunity to, you know, to get a little extra content while you're at the festival. So you got to see Yoke Lore perform, 
but then you got to sit in this smaller environment and listen to him talk about his, you know, his life and, and kind of how his creative process and his wellness habits. Um, and that was really cool. And so that was one corner of the lounge. Um, then we had, um, there's a company backgammon baby who's bringing backgammon back and they've got really stylish new designs of backgammon sets. So we set out about nine or 10 of them and we brought in a world champion to teach and play. And that was really fun. Um, we had uh, London Kay, who is a yarn bomber, a street artist who crochet murals, all these different things around town. If you have not seen her work, Made by London is her Instagram. And she does such cool things like, you know, she made butterfly wings that cut Coachella on chain link fences. And she crochets water coming out of fire hydrants in New York City. Uh, so she came in and she taught crochet to a lot of people who came into the lounge and they loved that and they got to walk away with their own crochet hook and the start of a project and a lot of them finished it and sent us pictures of it after they left um oh, fun yeah so that was really cool um and then we had we were raising money with unplug for a cause in the lounge and we were raising money for a great organization called musicians on call and they volunteer you know they have volunteer musicians from you know, all over the country that go into hospitals and play live music for people who are sick. And uh, we had one of those volunteers come into the wellness lounge and she uh, played a little set for us and talked to us about her volunteering with musicians on call. We always love to bring nonprofit work to life and let people experience that. Um, and then what we had was a photo booth actually. So, you know, a lot of the time, you know, I, you don't want to miss the moment of capturing, you know, we've all gotten so used to like capturing the moment. And so we had one of these photo booths that allowed you to get the boomerang and put your arm around your friends. And it had a photo frame that said, you know, little space lounge and uh, emerge and some of the other sponsors that we had. And so that was fun because then you still get to share it. You just don't have to interrupt the moment right that second. Um, you could share it later. Um, so yeah, that, that yeah. was what we did. I love that. And, it's, I mean, it's such a great point that you bring up because I feel like there is increasing attention on, you know, the importance of digital wellness and some of the negative impacts of tech, but it's important to acknowledge that there is a positive side to it as well. And, you know, a big reason that a lot of us are spending so much more time on our phones is, is social media. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'd love to ask you, like, how do you think it's kind of like the, the pros and the cons. How do you think social media brings us together versus the ways that it distances us? Well, I have to say that I've had a couple of experiences now where people have had some, you know, form of a tragedy losing someone in their life and they've created pages on Facebook that helped people memorialize that person or also tell stories about that person or activate that group. Um, so, you know, if you end up having thousands of people that are now brought together because we've all lost someone, or maybe we didn't know them personally, but we're inspired by their story and their life. Now we're part of this group that can, you know, do things like go out, um, and do acts of kindness. Um, you know, I'm connected to an organization, uh, Blaze It Forward. And, you know, sadly, this miraculous young man, Blaze Bernstein, was uh, murdered in Orange County. Um, and his family, you know, had at first, it was a search for his um, 
you know, he was a missing person at first. And so the, the page was created on social media to help find him. And then sadly, you know, when they found out what had happened to him, then it became this memorial page and this kind of call to action. And his parents are the most amazing people um, who basically turned their own tragedy into this call to action. Don't let hate, you know, even though he, this, you know, young man was murdered and his life was taken away. Let's not focus on hating. Let's focus on love and kindness. And they have, I think it's once or twice a year, this large group now, it's like 25,000 people, I think even more that go out all over the world and do acts of kindness in the name of Blaze. Um, and wow. it's hashtag Blaze It Forward and they have little cards. And I know a lot of, you know, there's other, you know, um, pages that have been created for people who have lost people that, you know, do similar things. But I think there's such a power in that in bringing people together. Um, and, you know, social media specifically, um, I think the ability to share having families that are kind of living in different cities. I have a lot of friends who, you know, they don't live where they grew up. And so they're able to keep their aunts and uncles and grandparents uh, informed about their kids, you know, through pictures, through Instagram and Facebook. Um, so I, you know, I think it, it definitely can be a pro in that sense. I think when it gets, you know, unfortunately, and this is what you'll read when you read any of the digital, you know, wellness research, um, by any of the great minds um, that are out there right now doing this kind of research um, that it's designed to actually pull you in. And, um, you know, the Tristan Harris talks about it where it's, you know, it's actually like a, a, a slot machine. And so a lot of the designs are, are meant to kind of, you know, what the element of surprise, like, what am I going to get next? How many likes do I have? And the, that part of our brain is stimulated to keep seeking and searching for that validation. Um, and so, you know, being able to have practices in your own life, you know, just like food and nutrition, you know, food and fitness, um, you want to be able to have those limits and boundaries so that you don't get sucked into that vortex of constantly checking. Because um, I think I think the number's up to like 150 times a day um, people check their phones. And, you know, um, I forgot how many hours, but it's, I think it's like four and a half hours they've said now and they keep changing the numbers, but um, you know, what, what you could be doing with those other hours, like you don't really need to be like, I try to really check social media, you know, max a total of an hour a day. And now it's great because on, on our devices, they've hard, um, they've put into the hardware, these, um, well, not in the hardware, but they've given you like screen time for iPhone. Yes. Um, and. Uh, you know, Google has digital well-being and you can monitor and, you know, obviously give yourself your, your limits. Um, but it really, change comes from the inside, right? Because you can change that. So I, I can get the notification that says, oops, your, your Instagram allotment is up for today. And all I need to do go, is to go into settings and change that and give myself more time. Um, and so, you know, just like, um, you know, food and fitness, you want to have that community that keeps you accountable. Um, you know, so that you can, you know, feel the sense of, oh, I don't really want to let myself down and I don't want to let these other people down as well. So yeah, what we've, our next version of the app is actually of the Little Space app timer is coming out uh, at the end of the summer. And we're having the ability, people will have the ability to form their own little groups, like accountability groups. Um, so, you know, you can have a group with your friends from work or your friends 
uh, from high school or, or whatever it is, just these little small groups where you can kind of encourage each other um, to spend less time on your phone and track, you know, track your time and raise money for causes or any of the other incentives. Oh, I love that. I think that's so important because, you know, by nature of the way that social media works and, and to, to your point that it is designed to be addictive and to get us to spend as much time as possible on there, that there's this sense of missing out that if you right. spend time away, then you're, you're missing out on whatever it is that your friends are up to or engaging in, in that content. And so to create a way where you're creating community around unplugging, that's, that's really powerful. And um, I think that that's kind of the key to spending more time unplugged is to spending more time plugged into people around you. And, and as you said, like, the things you love to do, reconnecting to what it is that matters to you and that you're passionate about and who you are outside of your devices. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, people have forgotten, especially, you know, the younger generation because, you know, a lot of those people grew up not even knowing the difference. Like they've always known that there's been smart devices. It's never, um, you know, been without it. And so for those people, I think it's harder to reconnect to something they never really were connected to in the first place. Um, and, you know, that's, there's, there's wonderful organizations focused on the, the younger generations. One of the, one of the things that's, you know, beyond little space um, is that I like to, you know, speak to parents of younger kids. Um, so, you know, like uh, I've, I've uh, been the speaker at, uh, some private schools in the LA area, um, anywhere from like K through eight, sometimes even preschools. But, um, you know, being able to talk about, you know, having this discussion with the people who live in your home, you know, whoever you're co-parenting with, um, you know, whatever, whoever's interacting with your kids and just having your values, you know, uh, identified and articulated. So, you know, like, like we said earlier, you know, create some kind of space in your home that is phone free so that your kids do know that there's the difference between being on it and not being on it. Um, and how much, um, time, you know, and again, not getting too strict about it. I mean, obviously each family has their own way of interacting and parenting. Um, but just being able to show by example, you know, that you're not constantly walking around with your hand on your phone, like it's an appendage, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. uh, you know, that your phone also sleeps and reju rejuvenates in the other room while you sleep and, and all of those things that, you know, I just feel like if we can change uh, those families that are raising children now, that by the time those kids become of age and get their own devices, whatever those devices might be, because obviously technology changes so fast, um, that they'll have grown up with these values, just the way that you, you know, a vegan might, you know, have their home be, you know, only have, you know, no meat in the home. And obviously those kids are going to grow up and have their own homes and decide what, what matters to them and how they want to, you know, raise their own kids or, or build their own family and home. Um, but at least you're having those conversations and, and digital wellness now is just a new conversation to have. Um, and I personally think that's, exciting. It's just a new thing to connect around. Absolutely. I love that you put it that way too, because that's, that's actually something that we focus a, a lot on in our curriculum, our in-school curriculum at Be More. Mm -hmm. um, we have kids identify their own set of core values and really decide like what's important to them and um, then take it home with their parents and have conversations around it and teaching them 
you know, mindfulness-based tools for their tech usage and, again, having conversations with their parents about it rather than just telling the parents to implement more rules and boundaries, like telling them just have your kids not use their phones. It's so much more empowering to open up a dialogue about it and to ask their kids what their experience is like with their tech usage and what matters to them most. I think that that is just such a, a more powerful place to come from rather than just setting rules and boundaries. Yeah. Cause I think it mimics real life. You know, I mean, life is fluid. Um, you know, we, we like to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to only eat this kind of food, but sometimes you're at a party and there's something you want to try. And, you know, I mean, I think there's flexibility and balance and, you know, and as long, like you said, as long as you've had those conversations, you have that core and then you can kind of navigate the world around you from that center. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, we're, as usual, we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> How do you personally balance sharing what you're up to and, and, you know, wanting to post and curate content versus just being present in the moment? Like, how do you find that sweet spot for yourself? Yeah, I, I, in all honesty, I, I struggle with that. Um, and I'm not even, uh, I mean, I just got on social media a few years ago. Um, so I don't have that strong pull that I think a lot of other people have. But for me, I just, there's this concept that I have really, it translates into most areas of my life is this pause button. Um, you know, if I'm talking to my husband, Rob, and we're starting to get escalated in something that we're not agreeing on, it's like, I have this visual of this giant, you know, almost like that red button, you know, <laughs> that I think you can actually buy the actual button at Staples, you know, where yep. you press it. Um, but it's, you know, I have that idea in my head because, you know, before probably five or six years ago, I was a much more reactive person. I would, you know, be in conversation and, and not notice kind of, you know, my blood pressure elevating or my stomach ripping or my throat tightening. And those are things that now give me signals to slow down and pause and not to say something maybe that I'm going to regret or not to act out in a way that I'll have to apologize for. Um, and so that's just in all human relationships that I have. Um, and so I apply that to the, you know, impulse to post as well, because, you know, you go to a new place. I mean, it just happened with this lounge. Um, and of course, having that space dedicated to no phones helped tremendously. But when I first arrived in Las Vegas, I was so excited about what we were bringing to the festival and, and what was happening. And as like the women were uh, putting together the space for the podcast interviews, and I saw it all coming together and I'm clicking here and posting and, you know, doing all these things. And all of a sudden I just took a breath and, you know, visualized in my head, okay, press pause, like be in this, feel this because this moment's going to pass. Like that's, I, that I think we all learn some, at some point, um, you know, some of us get hit on the head harder. I, I certainly was one of those people where it's like, you only have this moment. Right. Um, and so, you know, savor it. And that's where the press pause, um, comes in for me. Um, but it's the struggle's real. <laughs> I, I don't. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't pretend to to be immune from it for sure. Yeah, it is. It's definitely one of those things that is so much easier said than done. And it's like you can you can read the research and understand how negatively it might impact you and your well being. But to actually be able to to set those boundaries and get real with yourself about like when it's crossing the line to too much or to unhealthy can 
be really hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I always draw these parallels to food and fitness and um, I know for food, I personally have a very sensitive digestive system. And so now that I've gotten older, it's much easier for me to put restrictions on things that aren't as healthy for me to eat because I actually feel the pain of it. Um, You know, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it, you know, yeah. and, and when I think when I was younger, it was like I would override and, and yep. totally ignore that pause button. Um, and now I don't and I don't even think I can in some regards because there's just, you know, too much pain associated with it in some for some foods. Um, and, you know, the same with fitness and, and fitness for me is a real uh, emotional mental thing. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I feel physically fit and healthy. I feel really blessed and thank God for that every day. But really, my exercise routines um, are really based on my mental health um, and needing to keep that in check. Um, and so I notice that, you know, for example, if we're traveling or something just kind of goes off and I don't, I'm not as, you know, active as I normally am, I'll start feeling like that kind of low drop and feeling, um, you know, and so those things have been built into my world in food and fitness. And now it's building those things into my digital wellness and noticing, you know, it's not only just about productivity, but it's also about the quality of my relationship to myself and to others and being able to, I have those same indicators, you know, like um, the food, the stomach ache that I would get from eating some kind of junk food. What is the parallel in digital wellness to the stomach ache from being on social media too much? Um, and those are the kinds of things I think about, you know, for myself and, and like to talk about too. Yeah. And I think that that is so important to clue into and tune into for each person individually. Um, and you bring up a really great point, which makes me want to ask which area of our health and well-being and quality of life, do you feel like tech abuse or tech overuse impacts the most? I, I think loneliness and isolation. Um, which is pretty funny because I think, you know, I think people have this illusion that I feel more connected. Um, but I know that like when I like, for example, planning for this lounge, I've got really busy over the last couple of months. And so I did a lot of texting with friends and, uh, DMing and all that stuff. And I felt, you know, I, cause I am a person who does need, you know, to be connected to people. And so, but I was using, uh, the, my phone or my computer as a way to stay in touch. And I definitely had those dark feelings of, you know, kind of I'm alone on this, in this world. And, you know, just the things that, that kind of haunt me personally, I'm sure other people too, and friendships and uh, being with people helps me with that. It always has in my life. And so I, once the lounge was over, I, you know, had the opportunity to celebrate someone's birthday and I had a couple of um, game nights for friends and just saw my mood elevate and my attitude and just, you know, everything. Because you can do all your ritualistic wellness practices on your own and those things are great and keep you balanced. I mean, I meditate and pray and I have a yoga practice and, you know, those things are great. Um, But I think the interaction with people like the real FaceTime, the real face to FaceTime um, is impacted because I think we sometimes uh, lean on the communication through text and, you know, direct messaging on these social media platforms to replace 
our actual human connection. And I think that's where it gets really dangerous. Um, especially for, I would imagine for younger people who haven't known the difference, like that has been, you know, there's, um, uh, and I never know if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but there's a woman who wrote a book, her name's Jean Twenge, and it's, uh, iGen is the book, yep. and it's all, yeah, and I'm sure you've read it. And so, you know, and she just talks about all the research that's done about how that generation that's now, you know, college and high school, um, you know, those kids have, they're not going to parties. They don't have as much risky behavior, so I guess that's positive but they're also not interacting with each other in personal in person because they've had Snapchat and that's their party, you know? Um, And that to me is sad, you know? Right. Because they're also experiencing higher levels of anxiety and depression and loneliness than other generations. Yeah. 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 It's no surprise that that there's a very obvious correlation there. Right. Right. I mean, that's why obviously what you're doing is so important. I think that, I mean, for people listening, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways from everything you've shared is that, you know, there are absolutely positive aspects and attributes to social media and tech usage, um, but too much of it can really create that illusion of connectivity. And you really feel like, oh yeah, no, I talk to my friends every day, but but you don't, you, you're texting them every day or you're DMing them or you're sending each other memes, which that's great, but there has to be more. There has to be that face-to-face human interaction to really create that sense of fulfillment and, and health in your life. Yeah. I mean, that's what fuels me. I mean, maybe not everyone gets fueled by that, but that for sure. And, and, the, and there's that weird vicious cycle where if I'm alone too much, then I get used to that. And so then I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I guess I don't really need to have that coffee date with a friend. Um, you know, cause we just texted each other yesterday and I know everything. So why, you know, but I, those are the points where, because now I've, you know, am older and hopefully wiser where I'm able to say, no, you know what, that's not the voice to listen to. (laughs) Shut that guy down for a second because really, you know, seeing, seeing, looking into somebody else's eyes, you know, I mean that you can't replace that. You Um, really can't. Yeah. yeah. Even people who, I think people thrive off of different levels of connection for sure. But yeah, even the people who say like, no, I'm kind of, you know, a loner and like, I, I like spending time by myself. Like that's, that may be true to a degree, but it also may just be that you've gotten used to it and you would really benefit from more face-to-face eye contact, human interaction, like being there with somebody and having them hold space for you and, and you them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know that like my younger son, he's 19, he lives in New York, he's going to school there and, and we send each other stuff all the time back and forth. And it's always, you know, sending back the laughing emoji Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that we have that connection and that's that, that uh, I have to make do for that with that while he's away, but he just was home for a month and we got the opportunity to laugh together really. And that to me is also just like that feeling of laughing with somebody and hearing their laughter and feeling, you know, kind of the bed shaking or, you know, I just think that stuff is obviously irreplaceable. And for me personally, it's just something that is totally necessary. Yeah, it it truly is medicine, not just for the soul, but for your physical and mental health as well. Yes, for sure. And I mean, that kind of, you kind of just answered my next question, but the the last thing I love to ask people on the show is, um, 
what is besides your sort of area of expertise what is one other wellness habit that you swear by and cannot live without uh wellness habit yeah i mean i think um for me the whole gratitude practice is um essential mm. um i know i know when i miss a day of um you know, I, I put meditation and prayer together um, for my daily practice. And so um, when I miss that, I definitely can get to the place where I'm complaining. I mean, sadly for my husband, he's the one I complain about and to <laughs> the most. I mean, we've been together for God since 1985. So that, you know, you, you sometimes take that stuff out on the people you love, which is sad. Um, but I noticed that I'm much more picky, nitpicky, you know, if I don't have that regular daily practice of just, you know, visualizing in my head, you know, how lucky I am to wake up next to the person I love and to take a warm shower and to have shelter and to have, you know, healthy food um, and to have so much love in my life. Um, and just those few sentences of saying, you know, gratitude uh, and, and really for me, thanking God for those things, it just shifts um, everything into, you know, it'll, if it goes unchecked, it could, you know, and I don't do it for a few days. Um, you know, like I said, I can turn into not such a nice person. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> true for all of us. And it's yeah, <laughs> so important. It's actually, it's funny. There have been a couple other people on the show who recently have shared that gratitude is their favorite practice or like their, their must have practice as well. So I think that the audience, the people listening must need to be, hear that. They must need that reinforced. So I hope that everybody who's listening really takes that away today and goes and practices gratitude because it clearly is so important and so needed universally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do they say? Like if you hear something three times, I don't know. I don't yep. remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's so, your sign, so, people. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So sure. if people want to learn more about Lil Space and learn more about what you're up to and upcoming events and activations and things like that, where can they find you? Uh, our website and our social media handles are all get Lil Space. Um, so G-E-T-L-I-L-S-P-A-C-E dot com. And then the same get Lil Space on Instagram um, and Facebook, which we're not that active on Facebook. Um, and really not that active on Instagram either. I mean, that's the other interesting part about a digital wellness company, right. how, how, to, how to use social media. Um, but we're trying because we want to spread the word, and that's kind of what's, what is the, the uh, media channel of choice these days. Yeah, it's important to meet people where they're at. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, that's where they can find out more about us. And yeah, I hope to see some of your listeners and, and hopefully we can collaborate and create spaces together and meet some of these people that, that we're listening today in person. Yes, absolutely. I will link all of that information in the show notes so that everybody listening can go ahead and follow Kim. I highly recommend that you um, not only check out what they're up to, but download the app. It is such a great way to intentionally, intentionally spend time unplugged and also get rewards. So whether it's the fulfillment of knowing you're giving back to a cause that matters to you or, um, you know, getting a reward or discount on an awesome product or service, it, it's a really great way to, to, you know, reap the benefits multiple times over of your time unplugged. So can't recommend it enough. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming on and for sharing about that. I think that this is such an important topic and we'll definitely have to talk more about it in the future as well. Mm -hmm. 
Wonderful. Thanks again, Megan. This was great. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And as always, until next time, have a happy and healthy day.